Welcome to the Courageous Worth Podcast. I'm your host, Empowerment Coach, Ashley Baxter. Every Tuesday, I bring you interviews with inspiring guests, and every Thursday, I share a little message with tips to help you live with courageous worth because you are valuable and desperately needed in this world. Today on the Courageous Worth Podcast, I have Juliet Laco. Juliet is an attorney, author, mom, and the kind of person you want to be friends with. She's practiced law for the last 22 years, primarily helping people get through traumatic life events like divorce and death of a loved one. Her compassion and strong desire to help others led her to write and publish two books on the subject of divorce. Juliet describes herself as logical, caring, and fun-loving. She is a proud mom, runner, and a jilt of all trades. Before we jump into this conversation, I want to remind you not to miss my recap of this episode on Thursday when I'll dive deeper into some of the big takeaways from it. Hey there, it's Ashley. I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you're looking to gain more confidence, you can get started today by taking my free short video course entitled Four Mindsets to Deep Rooted Confidence. You can sign up for it at theashleybaxter.com backslash free course. So pause this episode right now and head over to theashleybaxter.com backslash free course to grab your free gift. Today I am with my friend Juliet Laco. We connected I believe about over a year ago or something, we both are connected with Lewis Howes. We are familiar with him. And I don't know about for you, but for me, he actually was how I got started in this everything. I I knew that I had a message that I wanted to get out there, but Mm -hmm. I had no idea how to do that. And I remember watching, I think it was a training that he has like, you can work from anywhere. And I'm like, well, I I love to travel. This sounds great. And Mm -hmm. that just went down this whole path of me finding out how to use your voice in different ways and get your message out there. Like you, I think Lewis was sort of instrumental in helping me figure out other um, platforms where I could share my message and try to be of service to other people. So, and you're right, that's exactly where we connected. And I'm very jealous of where you live. In the Pacific Northwest, right? So I'm just right on um, the Oregon-Washington border in Vancouver, Washington, the other Vancouver. Yes. <laughs> Is there a competition like between y'all and British you Columbia? Do find, um, you do find you have to like qualify where it is, like it's Vancouver, USA or Vancouver, Washington, BC. Um, I have family that is from Vancouver, BC. And, um, you know, I used to spend every summer in Vancouver, BC. So I'm, there's no competition for me. I love them both. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I remember one thing that I loved from your post, I believe it was last Christmas, was you singing Christmas carols? I did do that. So that's um, a little secret that people don't always know about me is that I sing or I like to sing. Um, and you don't always see that when you're trying to um, share other messages that don't involve songs or choruses. <laughs> so I had some fun last Christmas and just decided from like the day after Thanksgiving to Christmas Eve every day, I would sing a portion of a Christmas carol in my Instagram songs. Um, and that was really fun and scary. Because uh, I'm, I'm not, I used to sing quite a bit when I was in high school, in college, in front of large groups. Um, but you grow up and you kind of don't do that anymore. And so it was a kind of a big, big risk, but it was fun too. Oh, I love that you have such a beautiful voice. And I'm a, I'm a very bad liar. So if I didn't think that I just wouldn't have brought this up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. But I remember hearing it, I was like, oh, this is it. Like one, I love when anytime someone's stepping out and doing mm-hmm. something kind of scary. 
yeah. but it's even, it's even, you know, it's a bonus when it's also good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, well, and I know that you are also really into running and that you did this major, was it, is it an ultra run or what was it in Mount Zion? Yeah. Um, so I've been, I've been a runner for a really long time and um, we do kind of these endurance events and I have a group of friends that we've been doing pretty consistently over the last decade. And several years ago, we did um, an, what, what they called an ultra relay, relay in Mount Zion National Park. So I ended up running just over 30 miles in the course of about 24 hours in heat, elevation, and beautiful scenery. I think our national parks, um, Zion's one of them, but that those are just such hidden treasures in our country that people really need to get out. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Oh, well, you help people through some of the toughest seasons that people have to go through sometimes. Who do you help and how? So uh, I am an attorney or a lawyer, and I've been in practice for uh, my 20 or I'm just finishing my 22nd year in practice. And the areas, my areas of expertise, predominantly it's divorce. And then I also do state administration. Uh, divorce, death. And and I'm dealing with a lot of loss. I mean, people just experience tremendous loss and a lot of grief in their life. Um, And I've always felt that I am, you know, by nature, I'm a pretty compassionate person. So I can be that compassionate person to help them through that transition. Um, It's, it's tough. Those are really tough, tough things for people to go through. Sure. Yeah. And I, I can only imagine that it's people need support in multiple ways, you know, and one is actual, all the steps that need to happen legally, and all these different things that people don't think of. And, you know, a lot of most of these, I would imagine are unexpected times, you know, and so I can only imagine what a great thing it is for people to come across someone like you that one has all of those skills and expertise that they need to navigate this, you know, legally, but then also to have someone like you that's so compassionate that can really be there for them in other ways that they might need in those moments. Right. I think that's true. I don't um, don't pretend to be a therapist or a counselor, but I certainly can hold space for people um, with those really tough emotions. I may not be able, I don't have all the answers to how, how to solve those and make that better. But I certainly can be compassionate and caring, handling the legal aspects and those tasks associated with the legal process. And that um, I get a tremendous amount of uh, satisfaction from that. And it's also, you know, my greatest privilege that people trust those issues to me to help. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what in your life led to you wanting to help people in these areas? Yeah, Um I don't have like a definitive answer, but I know as a kid, I had, and still do, I have a tender heart. I'm a caring person, um, a lot of empathy. And when I went to law school, I didn't have any preconceived notions of, you know, I was going to be a corporate lawyer, a criminal defense lawyer. I um, just liked learning about the law and going through that process. And when I started working for a law firm in law school, I just found myself naturally drawn to the family law or domestic relations attorneys and their work. 
and their clients and being able to connect with them and talk with them and interview and help them and sit with them. Uh, it just felt really like a natural, natural area for me to practice. I love that. Oh, mm-hmm. um, And I love that you've talked before about how you value slowing down and the the importance of reflection that not just with your clients, but also with your children. What are some ways that you help them put that into practice and why? Mm -hmm. So the the slowing down piece, I think, is really key um, for me, but for my clients, too. As I said, most of my clients come in with a lot of loss, tremendous amount of grief, pretty intense emotions, and... Most people don't like to feel them. I mean, I don't like to be uncomfortable. And I'm usually looking for, oh, you know, I feel uncomfortable. So I got to do this to, to either avoid the discomfort or to quickly make a decision so that I can get past it. In, in a divorce context, for my clients, that may not be the best move. Making decisions just because you want to get rid of or move past the discomfort, you really may be setting yourself up for a disadvantage. Uh, either later in life or later in the divorce process. And so the slowing down um, is key to that. Like, hey, let's not make a decision on let's why don't you sleep on that? Why don't you take the next week? Why don't um, you, you know, think about it a different way? Or let me give you some other considerations before you actually make um, I think that's part of my job and I think it's part of the service provider. For my kids, uh, it's the same thing. Uh, and it's super hard as a parent to do that with your kids because when they are um, upset or mad or struggling with something, you want to take that from them. You don't want to see. Um, so it's it's hard to sit with them and let them. We did it just the other day with my daughter who was really upset about something and you don't try and fix it. You just, again, hold that space and be that comfort and let, um, let them feel the emotion. I think there is tremendous value when you can sit through the discomfort uh, to moving past it. And I personally do that. I've really, uh, over the last probably 18 months, become a really big journal person, writing things out um, and sitting with discomfort just as part of my process, as hard as that can be. Um, And then I always find the value after that, like, oh, wow, I really realized this about myself, or I realize I could have done something differently in that event, or I know that I want to do it this way the next time. So I think there is, as much as we don't like discomfort, there's tremendous value in sitting. Absolutely. And I mean, I love that you help your clients and your kids with that. And both, I think, are very powerful. I and the idea of you doing this with your kids, like I'm sure they might not love that all the time, but that Mm -hmm. you are teaching them and instilling in them something that is so important and so valuable. I think especially in today's society that is just go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. And there's so many immediate, I won't say immediate fixes, immediate distractions, like something that can make us Mm -hmm. not focus on that pain or discomfort. Mm -hmm. And, but exactly like you said, like it is so important. I, I, I believe that when we don't process through certain pains and just sit in it and let that kind of run its course that it needs mm-hmm. to run, that there's something that's still going to always be back there that needs tending to and it's going to keep like gnawing away at us in right. different ways. And so you doing that with your kids, I think is so amazing. And they might never realize it because they're gonna, it's just gonna be part of them. <laughs> like maybe it's just gonna be the people around them that are like, you are so much more mature in this area, or you balance right. your emotions so much better. But I just, mm-hmm. I love that that is something that you do with your children. 
it's part of, I think, also just that resiliency. We want to be resilient. We want to be able to bounce back. Um, and as you said, there are so many distractions today that kids don't always develop those skills. And of course, I'm not perfect. I'm just trying to do my best um, to bring up good human beings. Um, and I think that's definitely one way to do that, to show them that it's okay to be uncomfortable and you can move past it and you're strong and you can do tough things uh, and you're resilient. I think it's all of those things together. I love it. Oh, well, I mean, it's clear. I feel like just from talking to you that you're someone that recognizes the importance of self-worth and what are some times in your life when you really learn to value yourself? I think I learn it almost every day. <laughs> um, Agree. In, in some way, shape, or form. Um, a relatively recent example of me is uh, a business relationship that ended. I had been with another attorney for about 14 years, and we parted ways about three years ago. Um, <clears throat> my attorney partner was retiring. And it was really um, just shocking how difficult, how that struggle of ending that business relationship, figuring out the money, which money can be such a wedge between people, and then not expecting. I didn't expect that it would be as difficult. I didn't expect um, to be on the end of some pretty intense emotions. Um, and that was really hard for me to, I mean, I can remember occasions being in our office and having to close my door and just cry because I didn't, oh, this is somebody that I have been in a really good um, partnership for these many years. And why is it ending like this? Mm. Um, and I, I really think, I mean, there, it was such a struggle to get through that um, breakup, if you will, yeah. because it really was like a breakup. Um, and just feel, I mean, I just, it was such a terrible time. Like I think back on it and I think, wow, I lost weight. I lost my eyelashes because wow. I was so stressed yeah. out. Um, and I was really doubting like, oh, gosh, maybe I should just like say whatever, take it all. I don't, you know? Yeah. Um, I had some amazing family support and some really good friends that did the same thing I was just describing to you a little while ago with what I do with my clients to like, hang on you know, take some time to reflect, um, take a step back, realize it's not about you. It could totally be about him. And let's figure out a path forward. And the other piece to that for me, and I, I do it um, today in almost any relationship or conversation that I start having second thoughts about, I always have to think about how will I feel good in this? How will I feel like I was my best self in navigating that conversation or saying the words that I didn't have courage to say at that moment. Um, and so that that really helped. And um, and then also a lot of forgiveness, um, which I held on to a lot of intense emotions from that for probably a year or two uh, after, but then letting that go and realizing, like, let's not think about the last four months. Let's think about the 14 years. Mm -hmm. You know, as I said, I think I have those occasions daily um, whether it's a friendship or a conversation or um, taking time to reflect. And I, the journal is excellent um, because no one sees it. And yeah. I can <laughs> write down exactly like, what was your part in this? Yeah. How did you screw up? Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. be kind of brutally honest with yourself, which again, is that discomfort, which we don't like to feel, but there's tremendous value in like, okay, let's really look at it so that I can 
Yes, absolutely. I know I, I love journaling and I have a pack with one of my friends that whenever I die or she has to come and burn them because no one else is allowed to read them. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Speaking of journaling, that I know is something that a lot of people do in the mornings. I know that your morning practice mm-hmm. is very important to you. And I feel like you have a lot of things that are good advice for other people. What does your morning look like? Yeah. So I practice something, I call it the first 30. Uh, it's probably more now teetering on the first 60, could be first 90. Love but it. it's, that, that recognizes the minutes. So I um, don't, I do not sleep with my phone near my bed. I don't look at my phone. Uh, I don't check email. I don't look at social media. I don't do any of that for the first 30, what started as the first 30 minutes a day. Um, I, and this was, I'm going on about two years, I guess, where I've been doing it. Um, it started where I just wanted to feel uh, a sense of centering in the morning. And so I used the journal to write some affirmations. And now that journal exercise has transitioned to um, a gratitude practice. So writing as many things down that I am grateful for, big or small, um, recurring one on my list is coffee and quiet every <laughs> single morning. Love it. And then, um, and then I usually will do an affirmation. I might listen to uh, a podcast. Lewis might be on there, uh, or I um, exercise. So that's. When it becomes 90 minutes, it usually means that I've gone out. I've done my first 30 minutes and then I've gone out for my, you know, four or five mile run and then I've come back and then I will look at email and start my day. But all of those things are really key for me personally in feeling like I'm in command of my day instead of responding. I love that so much. I and I agree. And and I know Lewis talks about this a lot. <laughs> the importance of mm-hmm. morning routines and how and all of his interviews with different experts, celebrities, everything that that is one thing that he finds in common is just that they right. exactly like you do take command of your morning. And I love that you do that. I think that's just so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big person on um, people talk a lot about like work life balance or and I uh, have never subscribed to the whole concept of balance. Uh, because I personally feel that that word means that you're weighing everything in your life equally. Mm there's balance. And um, that's not true for me. I have bigger priorities, you know, with my family or my kids. um, And then of course, my work and other things. So I always drive to find centering um, and not have all the things competing, but just like, how am I going to feel centered and go about my day um, and take care of all the things that I need to. And for me, it starts with really uh, making it a practice in the morning to do, you know, the journaling, Maybe there's some meditation or listening to something that um, is inspiring or thought-provoking, exercise, and then go about your business. Well, and I know that you have written a couple books to help people. Um, Share about those books, what they're about, where people can find them. Yeah, so uh, it's kind of that vein of how can I be of service to others and use um, a pretty great career that I've had um, in in law. So about, I guess it'll be two years ago in November. So November of 2018, my first book was published. It's called Divorce Wisdom. And it's a A to Z guide on um, kind of high level overview of the process, things to think about, as you're contemplating divorce mm. to what do you do during it and how do, how do you 
find an attorney or assemble other people to help you to what do I think about now that it's happened? What should I be thinking? Um, and then just this past June, I released my second book, which is um, called Bits of Divorce Wisdom. And they are my best nuggets of advice. Uh, and it's written more like an affirmation style book. Mm. So you can open it up, find one that resonates with you, read them all at once, pick one a day, one a week, whatever. Um, and they are both available on Amazon. And they're also linked uh, on my website, thejulietlaco.com or divorce-wisdom.com. Perfect. And I'll put links to all of that on in the show notes and everything as well. Right. Yeah. And for the that second one that you released this year, is that one geared same way, like kind of geared to people at different steps in the process or someone that's going through divorce, gone through it? All the different steps of the process. And I think um, what I found about that particular book, although it's called Bits of Divorce Wisdom, a number of my friends who are not in that process are like, well, these are just good affirmations for just doing life, you know? <laughs> so I think it's applicable, you know, written, of course, towards a slant, towards people either going through or getting through a divorce, but also certainly applicable to anyone. I love that. That's great. And where can people also find you like on social media and things like that? Mm, yeah. Um, on Instagram, I'm just Juliet Laco. You can find me there. Uh, Facebook, you can either find my Divorce Wisdom page or Juliet Laco. Uh, I think it's Juliet Laco on LinkedIn. and All the places. <laughs> okay. just my, all, all the places, just my name. Yeah. <laughs> That's always easy. When it's yeah. <laughs> no treasure map needed. Just, <laughs> just the name. Oh, that's perfect. Well, and what I like to ask every guest at the very end is what is one of your favorite qualities about yourself? And how do you live that out? Yeah, that's an awesome question. I love that one. Um, So a quality that I like the most about myself is that I am uh, unloving with a twinge of goofy. And I live that out every day. I mean, I like to um, joke. Uh, I have a teenage son who also are those things fun loving <laughs> with a twinge of goofy. And so people probably would not think that about me, but I can be pretty goofy and silly and I like to have fun. Um, certainly love to do it with my kids and my family, but my friends also, I think can appreciate that I, that I have those tendencies too. Yes. <laughs> what well, I highly value humor. So I love yes. that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been so great. And I'm just excited for, there's a lot of people in my life that I've wanted them to connect with you. So I'm excited to also, you know, beyond just sharing your stuff with them, I'm glad that they can also now hear this as well. Yeah, well, thank you so much for asking. I've really appreciated connecting with you over the past year. And I'm so impressed with uh, your message and what you're trying to do to support other people. Oh, thanks. That wraps up today's episode. Check out the show notes for links and contact info. I would love to know what spoke to you in this conversation. So please chime in on social media posts about this episode on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find me at the Ashley Baxter on all platforms. Also, if you haven't rated this show or left a comment about it, please hop over to Apple Podcasts right now. By doing so, you help these messages of courageous worth reach more people. Remember to tune in this Thursday when I recap this conversation and dive deeper into some of the big takeaways. Until next time, remember that you are valuable and desperately needed in this world.